Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship God through song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining of your glory pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 open the eyes of my heart lord open the eyes of my heart i want to see you i want to Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. High and lifting up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. When I tell people I'm a missionary, I get all kinds of questions. People ask, what kind of missionary are you? Or they want to know exactly what it is a missionary does. Or a lot of times you'll hear people say, a missionary here? You mean that's a thing? Well, there's 281 million lost people in the U.S. and Canada. So yeah, it's a thing. But there's one question no one ever asked me, and I wish they would. No one ever asked you where is the finish line? That's the question I want to hear. What does Mission Accomplished look like? You can watch videos about North American missionaries like me. You can read stories about us. You can pray for us. But don't get so caught up in the methods and minutia of what we do that you miss the main thing. Everything you see and hear and read about us is really just a means to an end. 
We start churches to make Jesus known. We meet needs to make Jesus known. We move to unfamiliar places, we meet unreached people, and we attempt unrealistic things just to make Jesus known. There's nothing more important than that. Nada. Nothing at all. Jesus said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And so that's what our finish line looks like. It looks like obedience, same as your finish line. <laughs> God speak, you give, we go. Everything starts with your gift, so the any I'm strong is the offering. Those gifts enable us to go places where the gospel has never been. This is where we cross our finish line. This is where, together, we make Jesus known. Same as your finish line. God speak, you give, we go. Everything starts with your gift, so the any I'm strong is the offering. Those gifts enable us to go places where the gospel has never been. This is where we cross our finish line. This is where, together, we make Jesus known. I just want to say hi to everyone here and those of you that are online and just um, it's exciting for all of us to be here. There are some opportunities that we have here at EBC this week that you can take part in. Um, one of them is Sunday school class that happens at nine o'clock right before this. We have classes for all ages and we would love to have more faces in class. Just so you know, there's um, it's okay if you get here a little late, we will still let you in. Okay, just making sure you know that. All right, so just show up. We are happy to have your face here and have an opportunity to grow and to learn more about Christ with others. It's really amazing. Um, our choir practice is right after church today. We will be doing Mercy Tree. It's a small cantata that um, will happen on Resurrection Sunday. So stay after church if you'd like to sing with us. Um, Survey the Bible class is led by Randy tonight at 6 o'clock in the chapel. Tomorrow... The deacons have a meeting at 6, and then at 6.30, they're going to walk across the street to the chapel, and they're going to be a part of Savior Stretch. <laughs> okay? So if you would like to um, come to Savior Stretch, that's just an exercise class. Um, that is at 6.30 tomorrow in the chapel. On Wednesday, you can come back for prayer and chair. Uh, Charlie is going to be leading that this week at 6.30 in the chapel. And then on Thursday, the food pantry at the plaza from 9 to 11 needs your help. So if you can come to the plaza on Thursday, 9 to 11, and help at the food pantry, that would be amazing. Um, and last but not least, Randy Dar is going to come and lead us in prayer. And after that, we will have an Annie Armstrong video um, specific to an, one missionary. So we can start learning about what these missionaries we saw there are doing out in our community and in our world. Good morning. One of the most important aspects of becoming a Christian is uh, our biggest job is to help others become Christians. Our biggest tool in doing that is prayer. 
Uh, here at Emmanuel, we uh, uh, believe in prayer is a very important part of our congregation, and we actually have a list. Uh, we have a list of those who uh, we feel uh, do not know Jesus, and we want them to know him. And we have other uh, requests on this list. I'm sorry. Um, when I hear myself, it goes backwards on me. So, um, so uh, with other things on the list are health concerns, um, other ministry opportunities. Um, with our uh, missions that we do in this church, we also have Richard Hazelwood going to a Carpenters for Christ mission here shortly. So uh, we want to pray for him for that. Um, and we have our Who's Your One? Uh, many have uh, lost individuals on this list, and today I'm going to be praying for uh, praying for uh, one of that Deborah and I put on our list. And so join us in prayer. We'll also be praying for courage that we all have uh, have the courage to speak the truth, and uh, that is very important today. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today, the opportunities to uh, join and worship with our fellow believers. We uh, ask that you give us the courage to go out into the world and speak the truth of the gospel. We pray that you'll um, be with Richard as he uh, goes on this Carpenters for Christ mission, that you'll keep him safe and help them. I grew up in a ministry home. We were a part of great Baptist churches growing up and was familiar with how the Annie Armstrong offering was put to such incredible use. But growing up in Alabama, it's kind of scary to think that we were going to come out here to try something that we had not done before, that we knew the Lord was calling us to, but didn't want to do it alone. The context here in Las Vegas is much different than the context in Alabama, and one of that is just religious awareness. Sixty percent of our city would identify with no religion at all. And because of that, I think we have a unique opportunity to introduce them to who Jesus is. It really makes me think of Maki's story. I met Maki for the first time. He showed up at one of our events before we launched called an invite night. My name is Maki Pizzolo. I'm a professional MMA fighter, which is a professional mixed martial arts fighter. Um, I never thought that God would love a person that fights and looks towards violence for a living. But before Favorite City Church started, Joseph led me to Christ. And I would say that today, my life is blessed. I couldn't even put it into words. My guy is blessing me left and right, bro. Yeah, that's, that's legit. I didn't even know church planting was a thing until I met them, but, um, and I'm looking forward to be able to go out and help make more disciples and really turning the tides in people's lives. Yeah, so now we're in a space where we're seeing over 150 people engaging at our church. We've seen over 30 professions of faith. So the freedom that we get from the Annie Armstrong Easter offering is that we get to engage with people like my friend Maki. We get to take our time, and then that's where we're able to see the disciple-making process happen and the church be born. seeing over 150 people engaging at our church. We've seen over 30 professions of faith. 
So the freedom that we get from the Annie Armstrong Easter offering is that we get to engage with people like my friend Maki. We get to take our time and then that's where we're able to see the disciple making process happen and the church be born.
Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things, you've done, done great things, oh God, you do great things.
be seated. Right. Does anybody else want to go? How they miss that. Because sometimes if we're not looking, we don't see it. Okay? Or we're looking for something, and, and when it comes, because of our preconceived notions, we miss it. Okay? So that's where we're at. So this is an expression that we use from time to time. He puts his pants on one leg at a time. Puts his pants on one leg at a time. Now, we're talking about David. Okay? I'm not sure that he really put pants on, because the only pictures I see, he's not wearing, you know, so anyway, you get it, right? But the expression, I want us to update, understand that, because none of you are putting on whatever they wore, okay? Guys, you're not doing that. But he put his pants on one leg at a time. In other words, what that says to us, and we're talking about whoever it is that we're referring to, that he's just, he, he's essentially just like us, Right? He's got to get up in the morning and put, he puts one leg on a time. They don't, this is not Iron Man or his Iron Man or whatever. He just dresses himself, okay? He puts on one leg at a time. That's the idea. So here's the, the context of that. You and I, man or woman, we're like David. You're like a king. Are you excited about that? Don't be. Okay? We're going to talk about it. So as we walk through learning about David, after he became king, we walk through that. Saul was the problem, and the sin was the problem. That's why David got anointed as king. We walk through the story of David beating Goliath and the story of Jonathan, uh, the, the, the long tenure to get to being king. Then we see David in the role as a king, as a spiritual leader, because he wants to bring the ark back. He wants to bring the ark up into Jerusalem so people can worship and, and do what they need to do so their relationship is right with God. So it's the spiritual leader that we see first when we see David as king. You can flip the slides there. The spiritual leader. And then we saw David as a military leader. I put that map up there, and, and Lisa told me it was a nice map. Okay, so that map that expanded that out, you see, you got to see Saul's kingdom if you don't... You can look back at last week. You can look back at it in, in, the, um, in the YouTube or on the Facebook. You can see that map there. But there was Saul's kingdom, which was small. Then David's kingdom expanded it exponentially. And then Solomon's king, kingdom, the kingdom after the, the son of David, his kingdom stretched even further. And in that, we saw the military leader. And in essence, I kind of feel like the Jewish people of what we call the first century what were they looking for? They're under Roman authority. They're not a nation unto themselves anymore. Uh, they, they just like, they're like Macoupin County. We're under the rule of, of Chicago, all right? And, and we don't like it any more than they like being under the Roman Empire. And they were looking for a Messiah to come. The Messiah they had pictured in their mind was the Messiah that was that military leader that was going to say, hey, Romans, go home. That's what, that's what they were looking for. Now what we're going to look for, the, the idea that he puts on his pants one leg at a time is the part where, unfortunately, we share a commonality. Okay? 
We don't wear crowns on our heads, I don't think. But we do share this. We're going to look at the repentant leader. Okay, the repentant leader. This is a beautiful passage of Scripture in the end. In the front end of it, it's ugly as all get out. Because sin is ugly as all get out. But the end of that that we're going to work towards today is just a beautiful, beautiful piece. You see, David wasn't without sin. When we look at David as that spiritual leader, he needed God. He needed the forgiveness. He was that guy. And as you read through the book of 1 Samuel, by the way, we're in 1 Samuel chapters 11 and chapter 12, and we'll also skip down to Psalm 51, beautiful Psalm. That one ought to be highlighted in, because you could use the words, okay? From time to time, we could use those words, like every hour, you could use those words. So, David is not without sin. And in the storyline, remember, follows along in 1 Chronicles as it does in, and excuse me, we're in 2 Samuel. As it goes in 2 Samuel 11 and 12, we follow through the story of David. Now, commonality between 2 Samuel and Chronicles is it mentions the census that David has taken. God is angry because of the census taken. It's a lack of faith in God and a trust in his numbers. And God responds to that. Now what's interesting is, when you get over to 1 Chronicles and you're reading through it, you would miss this that 2 Samuel includes. And it's the sin that he has with a woman by the name of Bathsheba. With a woman by the name of Bathsheba. Now we're going to read the first two verses. And they are innocent enough. They're innocent enough. I want to share with you, this is, this is on Adam, so Adam can tell me later on. But, I, you know, every once in a while I ask for specific songs. I never get them. No. First Chronicles and you're reading through it, you would miss this that 2 Samuel includes. And it's the sin that he has with a woman by the name of Bathsheba. With a woman by the name of Bathsheba. Now we're going to read the first two verses. And they're innocent enough. They're innocent enough. I want to share with you, this is, this is on Adam, so Adam can tell me later on. But, I, you know, every once in a while, I ask for specific songs. I never get them. No. <laughs> I just want you. I seldom. I seldom. I, every once in a while, I get them. Okay? So when you're asking, why does he play my favorite? He didn't play my favorite songs either. He doesn't play this. This song, I'm thinking, this song goes right with this message. And, and he, he wouldn't do Pretty Woman. <laughs> I, you know, I... He's probably right, okay? I'm going to hand it to him. That's probably not a good song to play in church on Sunday, but you get the idea, okay? So that sets us up. That sets us up for what we're going to read this morning in 2 Samuel chapter 11, first two verses. Then it happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel. And they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Do you get the sense that he's mentioned that David, every king goes out in the spring, but David stays? And then it mentions again that David stayed at Jerusalem. There's a problem here. Let's read it in the second verse. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed. 
Couldn't get to sleep that night. David rose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. Now, up until now, we're okay. But it's what follows, and I'm going to encourage you to read, because there's no, there's no football this afternoon. I don't even know that there's baseball. I, you know, there's just, you know, it's a beautiful day. You can sit outside and read this, but read the rest of chapter 11, and we're going to go into 12 in just a little bit, but read through 11 and 12 and capture the whole essence of what's going on because the sin are in the actions that follow this. So David walks out on his roof. Everything's fine. He sees a beautiful woman. Seeing a beautiful woman isn't to sin. Being a beautiful woman isn't to sin. Bathing isn't to sin. But it's when David inquired of who she was and said, bring her to my place. It's an abuse of power. As we walk through our current culture with the sexual abuse and stuff, this is an abuse of a position of power. Because when the king sends somebody to, to get you, what do you do? The king said so, you go. Do you want to go? You may not want to go, but the king said so, so you go. It's that abuse of power. He, she comes to his place. They end up together, right? She goes home and finds out she's pregnant. So you understand what went on. That was not right. Okay, that was sin. So then what does David do? Because here's, what, here's, here's where I think we, we identify with that. Hey, do we sin? Okay, yeah. And you know, it starts out innocently enough, right? And then the next thing you know, we're into sin. We may not be able to abuse power like David did, but we, we manage to make it happen. Instead of avoiding sin, we manage to dive head first into sin. And then when it has ramifications, that's when we, that's what happens with David now. The sin has ramifications, and it does because now Bathsheba's pregnant. So what David does is what we often do. We try to shift the blame, not take responsibility. So Bathsheba is a married woman. That's a problem. So David being the king, sends for her husband Uriah, and Uriah comes back. Now here's what he wants to happen. He wants Uriah to come home, have dinner with the king, say hi to the king, bring a message to the king, and then go to his house with Bathsheba and take credit for the child. But Uriah is not going to do that. Not because Uriah knows what's going on. Uriah's going, I'm sleeping at the king's door because the guys that I left camp with, they're not sleeping in their bed. I'm not going to go sleep in my bed. And so he has some code of honor that he does. And so he sleeps there. And now David, David's got to figure out and reboot. That plan A did not work, right? Do we, do we have a plan A for sin? Does your plan A work? Not very often. Your plan A doesn't work. Then you got a plan B, right? Because when plan A doesn't work, you go off with plan B. So he tries plan B. He brings Uriah back. 
And since it didn't work the first time, we got to do something different the second time. And what he does is he gets Uriah drunk. And, you know, he gets the best of the king's wine. And the next thing you know, I'm gonna, he, when he's under the influence, he'll go to his house. No, Uriah still slept at David's place. Now, um, there's plan C. You, you, you following through here? If you know what happens next, you know that plan A should have never happened. Plan B should have never happened. Plan C surely shouldn't have happened. Because what happens oftentimes is we start with sin, and then what do we do with it? We add to sin. We put interest on sin. We compound sin. And we add one sin to another. If we add one sin to another, does it make it better? No. It's addition to sin is not a good thing. So what David does is he gives the letter. This is cold. He gives a letter signed and sealed and has Uriah take it to Joab. This letter that Uriah carries is his death warrant. He's carrying. He doesn't know it. As far as we know, he's ne- he doesn't read it. It's sealed up. He just, hey, I'm just, I'm being the good soldier. That's why I slept not at my house, but at the king's house. He's being a good soldier. He marches back with a letter that, that condemns him to death. And that letter says, put Uriah at the front by the wall and pull back. And guess what happens? Because Joab does what the king asks, and Uriah dies. So now, not only is he guilty of the sin with Bathsheba, now he's guilty of the murder of Uriah. That's ugly. That's ugly. But wait. David gets to be the hero. One of my valiant soldiers passed away, and his wife is at home with child. I'll make her my wife. Problem solved, right? Problem solved? No. You see, God noticed what was going on. That's how come we have it in the Bible. God noticed what was going on. We live like never before. When I was growing up, the only way you, somebody found out about what you did as a kid was somebody else's parents told on you, right? Nowadays, they got cameras on everybody's doorbell. All right? Every corner you turn around, there's a camera. And, and you're, there's security cameras everywhere. There's satellites floating over, taking pictures. You could be in a Google Maps picture and not even know it, okay? And, and so that's the world that we live in where there's security cameras everywhere. You understand that you can, you, you, it's hard to hide from the camera. But guess what? We watch enough news stories to know that the bad guys know how to hide from the cameras, don't they? They wear the hoodies. They keep their head down. Or they just spray paint the camera. I'm telling you this. David didn't have spray paint. But it wouldn't work. And neither does your spray paint or your hoodie. Okay? Or duck in your head. God knows exactly what you and I do. He knows the sin that we get ourselves into. 
God noticed. And we're going to read here in 2 Samuel chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 7. And we're, we're going to see this encounter with Nathan, who happens to be the prophet. But here it is. Nathan has told a story. David has become infuriated. Nathan then said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, it is I who anointed you king over Israel, and it is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. I also gave your master's house and your master's wives into your care. And I gave the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have added to you many more things like these. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the sons of Ammon. You understand what happens? David sins. God sees. And then in the 12th chapter, Nathan shows up. How does Nathan show up? Because God sends Nathan to David. And then who wants to go tell the king, who happens to be a very valiant warrior, the guy who took the head of Goliath off after he took him down with a stone, the guy who's killed countless Philistines and others, who wants to go tell the king, hey, you know that thing you've been doing? You know that thing you did with Bathsheba and Uriah? That's a no-no. You you made a mistake. You've blown it. God sends Nathan. I'm going to tell you this. I believe that God was at work in David's heart long before Nathan arrived. Nathan comes in and he tells a parable, tells a story. And again, read this this afternoon. About a guy with all kinds of riches and a guy with just one little ewe lamb. Somebody shows up, they need food for him, they go take the ewe lamb from the guy that only has one. That's like family to him. That rich guy takes that ewe lamb from the other guy and then serves it up for the meal for the traveler. And David is infuriated. How in the world? That guy deserves to die and he deserves to pay back I forget how many fold over, but over and over again for that one that he took. And then Nathan says, you,
little note, this is after he went into Bathsheba. This, is, this references, the little footnote references, this is what this psalm of David is a response to. This is David's response to his sin, to the awareness of his sin. This is his act of repentance. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. There's a ton more in that 51st chapter of Psalms. Blot out my transgressions. Only you can't undo. You can't wash the sin out. David can't wash the sin out. Only God can provide that forgiveness. And so it's at the feet of God, the feet of Jesus, that we need to fall prostrate and ask for the forgiveness that he was asking for. That's the king lesson for us. Unfortunately, that's the place where we identify the most. I want you to think about this. As we're walking towards Jesus, the cross, the grave, and the resurrection. Do you understand this? The Jewish people were expecting and comfortable. They expected the son of David to be with sin. They were okay with that. Spiritual leader, that's what our spiritual leader is okay. Military leader, boom, that's got to be it. They were okay with the sinner just like you and I. Aren't you so glad? Think about this. We set our level of expectation here. And God sent his son. Hebrews 4.15 reads this. For we now have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are. Beautiful women bathing, right? But one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. The Messiah that God sent, the Son of David that God had for us was without sin so that he could die in our place that we might have forgiveness of sins for all of eternity and a home with him. What's our action step? When I walk into this, when we read the story about David and Bathsheba and Uriah and Nathan and all that ties in there, and then wrap it up with Psalm 51, here's what I want you to do. Because how many of you are without sin today? Okay. We don't like to lose and we got sin. We don't like to admit we're wrong. We're all sinners. I want you 
and me to repent like a king. To realize what that does with our relationship with God. Not out of facts. You can read on and you'll find the effects of the sin in the 12th chapter. The ramifications for that. And you can read on and see them actually play out. Folks, revival happens. Good things happen when God's people discover their sin and repent. So that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking for a, a, a big confession to us, but I'm asking for a confession to him. Against you and you only, I have sinned. But I want you to, I don't know your sins, but God does. You don't know my sins, but God does. We want to get that right. So Adam's going to come and, and um, I'm going to lead us in music. We're going to sing a song. And here's what, what can happen. It's kind of up to you and God. If you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, then I would encourage you to come down here and we'll talk to you about getting saved. We'll talk to you about an eternal home in heaven that you can't have because of what you've done, but only because of what Jesus has done. And we'll talk about that. You may want to come and pray for one. Your who's your one? Okay, as Randy prayed for the one that they were praying for, pray for that one. You may want to come and pray for repentance. You may want to do it where you're at. But we need for God to create in us a clean heart. Let's stand.
until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life, and I know that it is finished. I will not boast in things and we're going to pray in just a moment okay um a couple things last night the youth put on a wonderful dinner okay we called it a valentine's dinner all right thank you for those guys uh, if you helped in any way yesterday you have my permission to fall asleep on a hammock out in the sun this afternoon Okay, or in your chair, whatever it was, because you worked long and hard to make that happen. It was a good time of fellowship and a good time of, of, of seeing the kids serve. Uh, they've all got a future as waitresses, okay, because it's all, all girls. I don't think any of them want to be, but anyway, um, it was <laughs> Emmy shaking her head no, and I'd see a couple, I don't know. So want you to know, thank you for doing that. And, and I will give this, I didn't say this during invitation time, but Guys, being part of Emmanuel means something. If you're not a member, we'd encourage you to be a member here, okay? And, and know that we can, we can talk about that, we can make that happen, and uh, because we want you to be bought in to what we're doing, on mission here in our church. So I encourage you, if you need to talk to me about that, talk to me afterwards, come by sometime, and make an appointment, we'll make that happen. So on the screen is the Have You Reds for the week. Guys, when we pray, I want to pray that you read Scripture and it changes who you are. I'm happy to expound God's Word on any given Sunday. 
It gives me great joy to study God's Word. And I'm giving you, I'm giving you less than what I learned. So I know that if you read God's Word, it will make a difference in your life. So I want to encourage you to read that. And then do we have the slide with the, the webpage on it? Yes, we do. Okay. We today watched, okay, the, the theme video with all those missionaries, the nada, right? We're about Jesus. That's what it's about. And then we saw that people went on mission to Las Vegas. And a matter of fact, that's the center of the stream. So if you, you could sign up for Las Vegas, if you go to, the, the link will be in your email tomorrow. It's sendrelief.org.trips, I think is what it is. And so, slash trips. But anyway, when you walk on that site, you can click on one of these things, and it has a date that you can go. When you click on it, there, Lisa's already looked at Denver, okay? And she's going to get her son on mission, okay? That, that's what that's about. But, but know that you can go on these mission trips, and they're, they're all set up. In short order, of I hope, uh, remember Shannon Ford? He's come and preached here, right? And uh, Shannon Ford and others went, Arnold Ramage, who, who does disaster relief, they went to Puerto Rico. They landed everything set up for them. He, he'll tell you more about that. They're working on a video put together because... We want not just Emmanuel to go. We want churches all across Illinois to go. You may sign up for that trip because there's 30 people a trip, 30 people a date. And you can go with two or three of your friends. You can go along. However you need to do that. We can go as 30 people if that's what, if that's what God leads, okay? Know that the possibility is, but you may get on the mission trip. They were with three people from Kentucky. So understand that you can plug in, and God has something for you to do. Because we want to be about what? Showing people the love of Jesus and telling them who Jesus is. All right. So, choir practice down here. If you can sing or can't sing. If you can hold a book open. Is that, is that okay? Absolutely. So, if you can turn pages when you're supposed to turn pages. I can't do that. Okay? So, anyway, come down and practice. We're going to go out. I want you to be on mission for God as you walk out these doors, as you encounter your friends or who's your one. Show them a little bit about Jesus. Tell them a little bit about Jesus. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the music. Father, just thank you that we were able to come into your house to hear the stories, to study the stories. Father, use us. Sanctify us. Forgive us, Lord. Help us, Father, to be aware. Put a Nathan in our life so that we might do what David did, that we might repent like a king. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.